Hey, humanoids. On today's episode of The Masked Man Show, we're going to talk about Ronda Rousey's title shot, Big Cass, and all of the rumors about his backstage heat. And we're going to look ahead to what might end up being my favorite pay-per-view, maybe ever. As always, we're brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can check out the Ringer NBA show for all things NBA playoffs and draft. And uh, be sure to check out our new music podcast, On Shuffle, hosted by the incomparable Micah Peters. It's super good. And if you're a Westworld fan, you can check out my other podcast, Westworld The Recapables, where we break down every episode and uh, we have, we've been doing a second, two, twice weekly thing. We come back and talk about all the crazy internet rumors. It's been a lot of fun. My brain is constantly melting with all of this uh, theorizing, but it's well worth it. So be sure to subscribe to all of those wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out TheRinger.com where we have all kinds of NBA draft lottery content. That's where I've been spending all of my very few off hours, um, as well as a lot of stuff on the fact that sports gambling is no longer outlawed according to the Supreme Court, which is huge. And now, hit the damn music. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening, listening to. And you are listening to. You're listening to. You're listening, listening, you're listening, listening, you're listening to the Masked Man the Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. Sitting with me today, same as last week. That's right. Steve Kazee. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Good. I'm good. good I'm good. glad you're here. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. You I know, like there, two weeks in a row. Yeah. This is this is a record. Um, th- there's a lot to be said. I, there was a big part of me that wanted to take basically like WrestleMania to SummerSlam off. Mm. Not fully as a wrestling fan or a podcaster, but just to kind of half-ass it, frankly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the but. There's a lot to be said for this sort of the doldrums of of wrestling spring, early summer. You yeah. know, it's it's like it, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. It doesn't feel as bad as past years, like the the post mania sort of like you know blur, where it's just like, all right, what do we do until SummerSlam? It feels like things have been a little bit more interesting. Part like, of it's I, the, the Helter greatest Skelter, Royal Rumble, and yeah, all that stuff. The, the, there's a lot of stuff that we couldn't understand, which I think at least helps time fly by. Right. We didn't get a pay-per-view right after, like, you know, two weeks after Mania that was all the same matches. So, right. like, we, we, there, was, uh, there was some, a lot of it got a reset. Yeah. Um, and now, I was just saying to you before we started recording, like, I don't, like, Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view m- might be one of my favorite on, on paper pay-per-views without the, even without the Money in the Bank matches as it's shaping up. Like, there's a lot of these, these because, they, because they have the two Money in the Bank matches up top, it sort of takes the pressure off. Yeah. And you can do some cool stuff like Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley, which we'll talk about in a yeah. little bit. I mean, I, I it's mean, definitely what the the spoils of you know having such a top heavy roster right now. There's just like people to plug in everywhere. It's true. You just got to make time for everybody. Right. Um, big news of the week. I'm not even quite sure what to make of it, but the big news of the week is that um, 
Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey will Ronda Rousey will be fighting for the Raw Women's Title at Money in the Bank. Yeah, announced at Upfronts on the red carpet at Upfronts. It's always a little bit like I get it, but it's always a little bit. It just feels a little weak how much WWE loves to like be on red carpets. Yeah. Well, and, it's also I don't know if the fans at home listening sort of understand what Upfronts is. Yeah. Uh, explain. Uh, upfronts. As someone who's been there. As someone who's been there. Upfronts is a, a time of the year where all of the networks come together and announce their sort of new packages and their new shows, and they bring out all the you know the A list talent to sort of like help sell the shows to advertisers. So that's why the WWE was there for NBC's because clearly NBC Universal is a, a co-owner of USA Network yeah. and has a you know a stake and all of this so probably is a little bit of this the the ever looming or the the never-ending courtship too because it was interesting though because like especially with the sort of like rumble about fox uh, but they have at least another year i mean yeah they're they're, at some point the negotiation window will open but yeah but i think that this was probably a little like look how much we like you yeah it's they the the nbc universal wwe relationship has been i mean you talk to people on the inside and they're and they're just like People at WWE are like NBC Universal could not be more wonderful to us. Like they they uh, they they value us. They would I mean and um and I think it would take a lot um you know for someone to sweep them off their feet to woo them away. That said, it seems like it also feels like Vince is very preoccupied with the value of his company and the stock yeah. price and stuff. And yeah. and. You know, if it, 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 you might be able to sweep him off his feet with just the right number of zeros. I think it's what's know? best for business, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, my, uh, well, let's see, you have the valet. What do I have? I got to come up with you gotta, yeah. my lady friend mm-hmm. who was in New York. Uh, she was actually at Radio City for the upfronts, and she sent me video of their sort of presentation. And they had a full, so- well, like a sort of like, uh, caddy corner ring set up for Charlotte and for Naya and for Rhonda to be in there talking to the audience and introducing themselves and talking about the bullying campaign. So they yeah. were like really, they were there full force. And that's like things that you'll probably maybe see in a, a package later, but it was just for those advertisers and just for the business side of it. Uh-huh. It was interesting to see. But then on the red carpet for them to sort of have that moment. Um, that's what, I mean, the, the, the WWE Network should have a show that's just like the stuff that's just for the advertisers. Right, right. <laughs> the, the stuff we do for the suits. Yeah. It would be a great, like, people would just be irate, but, it, you know, it's fantastic. Um, do like a 24-7 where it's just yeah. like Falling. rich executives who don't care about wrestling spending their WrestleMania on the front row and stuff. Exactly. Like, that's, that would be great. Um, so anyway, we're at the, we're at Upfronts, and to sort of commemorate the event, Nia Jax challenged Ronda Rousey to a title match. Yeah. To to let her challenge for the title. A little bit of, not only is it weird that it happened there, because that's outside of the wrestling, it's outside of kayfabe, in, in this, or yeah. it's outside of the, the fabric of pro wrestling. Yeah. It's also outside of kayfabe because they're like, everybody's just kind of chumming around in regular clothes. It yeah. felt a little bit odd. And so to take... And then, so it's weird that the that the challenge happened there. But then also, it's the reversal, right? It's the challenge. I mean, the champion is offering the match to the challenger, right? And Ronda sort of, you know, genuflecting and saying, "I haven't earned this," and all that. I have to say, like for me, for my money, it was the most, uh, <laughs> the the best acting work that Ronda has done so far because she generally looked surprised about like the offer of like, "Why is this happening?" Do you think it was a surprise? No, I don't think so. I, I think she just it. played it off really well. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I think it's just more about her getting comfortable as well. She seems to be getting more and more comfortable each week. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, that said, are we excited for this match at Monday? I mean, Bank? not really, <laughs> not really. But 
you know, it's hard when you have somebody like Nia Jax, it's hard to find somebody that's an interesting opponent for someone like that. Yeah. You know, and and especially someone who doesn't we don't you know, we don't know what Ronda's game is. We've seen a few things here and there, but you know, this is like a full out match and will be a full out match. And it's not that Nia, you know, Nia knows what she's doing. She's one of, I think one of the better competitors in the ring. But I just I you know, I, I I sort of saw something shaping up with Natalia, like like what are we doing with that? It just I I was just well, confused on the angle. It definitely seems like they're shotgunning this this storyline. Right. Now, whether or not this was the plan all along to do this at the upfronts because Ronda's our big, you know, breakout or our big, you know, crossover star and and this was the plan the whole time. I mean, also putting it at Money in the Bank, you know, takes off some of the pressure of whatever of Ronda's, whatever Ronda's first championship match would have been. Yeah. Um, This could, I mean, if they put this on early in the show and it's a, you know, seven minute match that ends with Natalia turning on yeah, Rousey something. and you know doing something like that then that's fine no one's yeah. going to complain yeah cuz no way she's getting the belt this early mike well God. i mean i don't there's know there's no way i don't know listen uh, the way that the fans who you know who were all, all the all the smart marks like us who were like pro Nia Jax half of them turned on her after wrestlemania yeah, well, Light, lightly but still i mean it's it, you could if wwe's creative is concerned about anything now i mean what are we doing with ronda rousey what are we doing with the women's championship it's got to be pretty high on the list you know i mean, I mean the, those are two separate things but this is this is maybe a bad solution but it's a solution it's weird for me in the women's division uh, it's hard for me to understand who's a heel and who's a face to be honest like it seems like every week i'm just like confused on who i'm supposed to be rooting for like, or booing <laughs> you know like 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 naya is the best heel they've had along she looks the part she's mean she's aggressive and then right after she wins they make her give a you know a the more you know bullying promo and yeah it's i just mean she, like, she was working babyface that whole angle but you're right i mean it's there's she can well but I, working I, babyface and looking babyface are two different things sure. she doesn't have a babyface look she's beautiful but she doesn't well, have I think they I think that she's mean looking. The one great thing about the upfronts was that I she, she like she's a different character in street clothes. Yeah. I I've said this before on the podcast but like I met her for the first time just out front of the hotel at WrestleMania cuz I don't think I was with Rosenberg or somebody who knew her and she was just in like a tracksuit and I was just like now that's a babyface. Like yeah. you just see her in real life and you're like yeah. this is great. Yeah. Um such a tricky thing man it's like the WWE is clearly going to focus on these sort of outreach programs, which they have to do. They're a Fortune 500 company. They're a publicly bought and traded company. Like, they have to worry about advertisers. They have to worry about money. So they're going to do these things. They're going to do Connor's Cure. They're going to do all of these things, which is really good for the world and also, I think, good for, like, raising the profile of the WWE. Sure. However... <laughs> You can't give an anti-bullying promo and then have people like get the snot beat out of them for the next like three hours, you know, and like called everything under the sun, you know, and like sort of ridiculed. And I mean, you it, wrestling is based off of bullies and people who stand up to bullies. That's yeah. what the whole point is. Absolutely. So it's it's a it's a murky it's a murky pool to be diving into. Yeah, right? I, I agree with that. And I, I think that when you talk about you don't know who's a face and who's a heel. I mean, we saw that on on the on the women's triple threat match on Raw. Yeah, uh, Alexa time. versus um, Bailey versus Mickey James. Yeah, where even the announcers were caught up in the confusion, where Alexa <laughs> just like randomly kicked Mickey James in the head to break up a pin. <laughs> yeah, and then five seconds later, like they did a different spot where Mickey had hit Alexa. Or was did I, am I getting this backwards? I think it was backwards. Regardless, one kicks the other in the head, and then they do a spot where the where the, the other one hits him, and they're just like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Yeah. 
And Michael Cole's trying to play it off, and Corey Graves is like, "No, she just kicked her in the head." Like at least Corey's there to be the voice, the voice of the the audience. Um, so but good. I spent, but I I was watching that match, and it was a fun match. By the way, I'm glad that they're not like overdoing the you know the 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 win in matches. Like yeah. they're it's not they're not all the same. Some are triple threats, some are one on one, some are tag team matches. I like that it's there's all this variety. Yeah, me too. But these triple threat matches that we some of the ones that we've seen have been really fun. Yeah. And it's a good way to like, you know, just get people into it, you know, get excited without giving too much away. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about pointing towards the briefcases. Is like pointing <sighs> is now the only thing that wrestlers do. Well, listen. There's no faces. There's no heels. There's only pointers. targets to point at. <laughs> Cass, Big Cass is the biggest pointer of anybody. <laughs> he literally comes down that ramp and all he does is point to either himself or to Daniel Bryan or to, you know, the, the ring sky. or to the sky. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you say that because I was just thinking that this morning as I was catching up with some of the matches. I was like, man, this guy loves to point. But no, you're right. It's like, po- let's point at the WrestleMania sign. Let's point at the ring. You know, it's like our your audience is not that dumb. We all know there's a green briefcase above the ring. Like we get what the, oh, we get the concept. A green one and a white one. Yeah, a green one and a white one. Um, Speaking of big cast, I want to talk a little bit about cast today. Okay. The pointing thing is a perfect perfect way into this because I don't, I kind of the first time I he, he appeared on SmackDown and started and he does that sort of like goofy entrance where he's like kind of shuffling. He's like he it's almost like he's a, a a jock trying to act like a nerd. There's some sort of deliberate tension and and he he he's it's sort of like an in joke, but I don't really know what the joke is. Yeah. So he does this weird thing and he's his catchphrases on on Tuesday night he was doing all the the yes you know trying to I guess mimic the yes movement stuff, but it yeah. wasn't like particularly clear no. but he's he does he's just sort of corny and i don't broadly i don't hate that right because he can't be every giant's got to have another gear you right. know you got to do something but i'm not and i haven't been i don't hate his ring work but there's just it's not quite clicking no you know big show big show was one of the few well andre too to a certain extent but they had this sort of like natural charisma mm-hmm. and and humor to them yeah so they could be terrifying and also turn around and be really funny um big cast doesn't have the same abilities i you know i i i go out on a uh, on a limb here and say that you know as far as giants go he's like the bottom of the list for me right now of people in the wwe but my problem with big cast is more like i just don't get i don't get what we're trying to do with him i don't get what he is what what are you who are you you know and i think it's not just a problem with him i think it's been a problem you know he was with enzo for so long and then how do you step out of that shadow and i mean that was an interesting moment for him uh before he got hurt but it just never really after he came back it just hasn't really caught up to that moment i mean yeah. think about where he was like right before he got hurt he was really like at the top of that moment like his no his own entrance like he was his own thing and he had that match and boom that was it and now you're gone for nothing I mean, you got to wonder how much of this feud with daniel bryan is the same thing they had mapped out for enzo you know the big yeah. man little man like yeah. whatever i mean it's an underdog story obviously that doesn't well think about how much the company changed in the time he was gone yeah it's true i mean like literally overnight things completely changed while he was out it's like a Wally Pip moment almost. You know? uh-huh. It's like, boy, you got hurt and it just like left without you. And so now it's the the trap is trying to figure out how to take a mediocre talent 
and bring him back to a place where he was. Well, I mean, I mean, it's mediocre talent, you know. But if again, we it's a variety show, you know, yeah. and it's and and there's always going to be a place for the big casts of the world and the Bobby Lashleys of the world. You mentioned Big Show, yeah. Uh, my dear friend Brian Curtis and I used to always joke about there's uh, the wrestling writer that we loved the most was Rick Skaya. Anyway, he wrote, he used to write it online onslaught, and he used and he kind of had a bit where he would say. He always would say like they needed to harness the 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 humor, the comedic skills that the big show showed on Saturday Night Live that time. Yeah, and it was one. It was true, but yeah. it became the sort of like trope that Brian and I would joke about. Um, but even the big show had a bunch of like, you know, he had a, he did have that charisma, but he also had all these comedy chops that they were never gonna let him no. use because yeah. he's a giant. Yeah, exactly. That's his that's his job. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I so big cast. Before we, I should say right now, there's so uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet had a piece uh, end of last week that mm. Big Cass um, has some backstage heat. Yeah, he's got that Sunday night heat. <laughs> um, it's pretty. It's a pretty incredible story. If, so, if true, it's an unbelievable story. Yes, we don't know if this is true. Um, my my guess is that Ryan probably Ryan Satin probably has it down, but we'll see. Um, but I mean, I guess we'll never see unless this becomes the Montreal screw job. But, but so the gimmick with him and the little person dressed as Daniel Bryan yeah. was supposed to be just, he was just supposed to give the boot, big boot and go, big boot and go. But he was like, why don't you let me beat this guy up? Yeah. And apparently so the, went to producers said like, why don't you let me really beat this guy? And they were just like, no. Right. And so he was like, I feel passionately about this. So I'm going to take it to Vince. Oh, God. And Vince said, no. Um. <clears throat> which I would just love to see that. Like that's, that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm honestly interested if we, whether Vince said no or Vince said, well, what did the producers say? Right. You know, like if, it, if it, become, Vince, it becomes a sort of like, what did your mom say? Yeah, exactly. She said it was up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and so Vince is like, because I I'm, I just don't know how, inter- like it's hard for me to imagine Vince caring that much. I mean, I can imagine having a, like a, a strong opinion, but like yeah. not that he really cared. But for whatever reason, uh, Cass went out there and beat up the little person anyway. Yeah. He gave him the boot and then just laid into him. Yeah. Now, I guess what's confusing to me is that, like, I can clearly see the argument for him not doing that. Yeah. Right? Of course. He doesn't need to do it. It makes him look weak to have to beat him up more. Yeah. I see Cass thinking it makes me look more mean and more vicious and I'm a better heel if I do that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, what for whatever reason, it was apparently conveyed to Cass, according to the story, that he wasn't <coughs> supposed to do anything else, and he did it anyway, and now he's got some heat. Yeah. Um, of course, the you know, there's a fa- the famous quote that CM Punk talked about on, when I think, when he was on Cabana's podcast after WWE, where he was just like, my philosophy's always been, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. Right. You know? And so, <sighs> I, I mean, one wonders why, I mean, I guess Cass, it's not... It's an it's a silly question to say why didn't he just do it and ask you know and and apologize later, um, because he probably thought they would say yes that's a great idea right, um, but it's just sort of I don't know uh, obviously Cass doesn't have that much heat he's continued to be well on that's TV. what I was gonna say like you know look Titus got suspended for what three months for grabbing Vince's arm got to set up got to teach everybody a lesson yeah. so. I can't imagine that if he really went against what Vince said, that he would be on TV the very next week. I feel like there would have been some sort of punishment, maybe. Yeah. But he was right back. So I don't know. You know, I, I, I mean, think, he lost to Daniel Bryan at yeah. 
pay. Wait, what was the last paper? Backlash. Backlash. Um, the Great American Backlash in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, and he, but he got his, but he got his his spot afterwards. He yeah. beat up Daniel Bryan after the match. Yeah, and that's sort of how things have gone. Yeah. Uh, he continues to like threaten Daniel Bryan to come out and act like he's not scared. Bryan puts him in a submission lock. On Tuesday night, he got him in the uh, the knee. Ba- he went at Bryan went after his previously hurt knee, mm. and and you know looked great doing it. I think there's always you know a famous director who shall remain nameless once said to me uh, that the thing one of the most essential things that you always have to understand is like no matter how black and white you think an issue is there's always two sides to a story yeah so you know we hear about the heat between Enzo and Cass back when they were a duo Mm -hmm. and Enzo you know we hear all these stories about Enzo but there's no way that that relationship is not having a problem if it's not for both of them having you know not being able to work together yeah so I think there's probably been moments with Cass already and they just keep bubbling up and boiling over because you just know this kind of story doesn't come out of nowhere you know it's the same thing back in the day with the uh, vaude villains like there's more to that story than sure. than what we know i think um that director was martin scorsese wasn't it it was uh anyway god rest his soul <laughs> um it does seem though i guess i guess what's weird to me and i guess if you i don't i mean who knows if any, how much of this is true but if you have a guy out there that's going out and like do even though it's wrestling and it's fake mm. if you're if the point is not to if, if the guy's doing extra Shit to people. Yeah, you can't trust that guy. Yeah, that seems like you can't send him back out there. No. No, because, like, you know, that's, I think, part of what the business is based on is that you, tr- that's why the Montreal screw job is such a big deal. Sure. Because there was a conceit that everyone was trusting the other person to do the thing they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you have in wrestling when it is a scripted, or not scripted, but when it's, you know, a sort of pre-planned, improvised choreography, you can't just go and, like, change the ending. You can't just go against the way things are going to go because it's like pulling a thread on a sweater, you know? Like, everything is, like, sort of loosely tied together here as it is. I mean, in this case, maybe not so much, but it's just... It's a ballsy thing to do if it actually happened, I'll tell you that. All right, so all that aside, do I mean, what do you think... A lot of people are complaining that Daniel Bryan's stuck with Big Cass. You know, yeah. he should be shotgun straight to the top. And frankly, that was Daniel Bryan's promo on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, he's ready to have the whole world. Um, but, I mean, I don't, I've been saying, you know, for the past several weeks, I don't, I mean, this is a fine place for Daniel Bryan to, like, get his sea legs back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's plenty of time before SummerSlam. you got a whole nother time before WrestleMania, like almost a year. You're, you, you've got time to build this guy up. We've got Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, all these things. You can. People are just freaking out because they've wanted him back for so long. And pe- you know how pe- people are just so rabid about this human being sure. for whatever reason. Not so, not less rabid about big cast, though. So, like, the, the yeah. question is just, like, what... I mean, I could ask what his ceiling is, but it's not it's not impossible to imagine. I mean, it's pretty easy to imagine. Well, it helps both guys, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you, you help get Cass back into shape. You help get Daniel into shape. And it, look, it's a David and Goliath. It's a trope. It's a thing. that's They're going to do it a hundred more times before you and I die off mm-hmm. this planet. There will be another giant and another little underdog, and they will fight for a year, and we'll all get tired of it. It's just the same thing. You know, like you said, it was happening with Enzo and Cass. I mean, how many times did they fight? And how many times did Enzo just get killed? Yeah. You know. Hey, at least you're book- booking, booking Brian to look more powerful than uh, than Cass. Yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe, well, I mean, <clears throat> who knows if we're going to see these two fight again at Money in the Bank. I feel like that's dangerous for WWE 
to not have Brian and the Money in the Bank match, but also it, it might be more dangerous to put him in and have him lose. Yeah. Um, it's a tricky place to be right now. I, I don't necessarily see where he would fit into Money in the Bank at the moment, but yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's going to be in uh, at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Mm, good old Rosemont. <laughs> It'll be it'll be a very it'll be a very vocal crowd. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, so let's talk about money in the bank. Well, first of all, is there any? I don't think there's any other news that we need to get to. Um, no, there's a they the, there's some but a lot of news out of the UK. Um, WWE announced the first competitors in the new UK tournament. Oh, nice! Um, I didn't see that. There's a there, there's a YouTube video up on their page, and it's it's cool. Uh, Dave Massif's in there. He's my favorite wrestler in the world. I'm just kidding, but he's he's very good and and. That's fun. Rumors have it that Tony Storm, who one might remember from the uh, May Young Classic, has yeah. signed, and she's great. Like she's finally like finished up her other obligations and is going to come over. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, so there, there's some like little news and stuff like that, but I, I didn't see anything that was like women's there's, division there's, is stacked right now. I know. I mean, both divisions really. So Simmons, Simmons, when he was on the show a couple weeks ago and was just like, they need just have SmackDown be all women oh, or something, that'd be awesome. just totally break it out. I think that you know WWE has been dealing with this thing, deal, like dealing with this what to do because yeah. they're not doing a good job of finding them space. No, they're not. And secondary storylines are just like basically non-existent. It's taken them, well, it feels like three years to make to have Sasha and Bailey like figure anything out about what that storyline is. <laughs> right. Because they'll just go a week and like not know what not do anything, and they have to like reboot it over and over yeah. again. It's all very strange. It would be cool if they had their own space, but at the same time, they don't want to make it seem like they're. They don't want to separate. segregate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what they should do? But um, but they do. You know, the, the division is stacked, and it's gonna be like you said, and it's gonna be. Um, they they have to they really have to figure that out. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's nice that they can bring, that you can bring the, your three big stars to the upfronts. Mm-hmm. But and that's the face of the company in those situations, and that's awesome. But that, yeah. that, you know, they still got to figure they they the women's women's wrestling this week is a good example. I mean, there's a bunch of good matches. Yeah, and it's holding down. I mean, it's it's doing a lot for the for the programming. But they, it is interesting that those were the people they took to upfronts. You know, I mean, those were the people they put out in front of the company. I think it's a statement as much as it is yeah, an actual course. reflection. I mean, as R- Rousey aside, I yeah. mean, it, it's a statement to, for that to be the face of the company. But also, it's, I mean, Cena's not around a lot. Lesnar's not around a lot. All right. I mean, the the next tier of of male wrestlers. Roman Reigns. Wasn't yeah, there. you could do Reigns and Rollins, and you know, but like, I, I kind of feel like this is a better package. Yeah, I agree. I think they made the right decision. I agree. All right, before we move on to Money in the Bank. Let's take a quick break. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about the revamped Ringer NBA show podcast. We are Monday through Friday on Mondays. John Gonzalez hosts Heat Check. Bounce around, talk to a bunch of different Ringer staffers about the weekend that was and what's coming up on Tuesdays. Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor, America's favorite couple. On Wednesdays, Sources Say with Chris Ryan and Julia Littman. Maybe some interview podcasts as well. And then Thursdays, Group chat, Chris Ryan, a rotating cast of Ringer staffers. We even put this on YouTube too. And then Friday, draft class, Kevin O'Connor, Jonathan Sharks, sometimes Danny Chow, talking about the 2018 NBA draft, mock stuff, who's rising, who's falling, who's going to do what. You get this every day, all the way through the playoffs, the draft, 
and even free agency five days a week. The Ringer NBA Show. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now let's talk about money in the bank. Yes. We've got so much fun stuff coming up, man. Rain, it looks like we're going to have Reigns versus gender. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Better than Reigns and gender being in the latter match. Better than Reigns and Lesnar again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What did you make of all the stuff about Roman Reigns not getting any more title shots? Do you think WWE creative listened to our podcast last week and, <laughs> and took some lessons? No, no, no. He's going to be right back. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He'll be right back. He's so this is part of the ongoing storyline. Yeah. We're just, we just got to make Roman Reigns an underdog somehow. Yeah. They're just going to try to, I, I think I look, it's an impossible task, but they're going to keep trying. They're going to keep trying. You don't, you don't quit on that guy. I'm sorry. You don't. Yeah. And like, I, you know, we, we have this conversation every week, so I won't stick on it, but the dude is over. Whether you want to call it over or not, he's over yeah. because that kind of reaction, you're over. Like when people hate you that much or love you that much, yeah. you're over. So we can sit here and debate like, you know, how much people hate him, but it doesn't stop people from watching and it doesn't stop people from going. And like, you know, if they really wanted to like, if you guys all really hate Roman Reigns that much, then just stop going. That's Don't the only do that. No, no but I'm to... just saying, like, it's not going to happen. They're yeah. going to go because they want to boo him, and they, you know, everybody just wants to hate the guy right now. Yeah, no, it's it's that that's obviously true. He's not that bad. <laughs> that's also true. Um, I do like. I mean, there's something about watching Raw. I didn't watch it live on Monday, but when I turned it on, I just sort of I I was weirdly smiling when he came out to open the show. Yeah. You know, I was just like, they're just doing it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, the louder the people complain, the more you're going to get it shoved down your face. Like, have you guys learned nothing in this business? Yeah. And Reigns' gender might be an all-time clusterfuck, and it might be weirdly good. Who yeah. knows? I mean, I loved, I loved spearing him through the wall. Thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I liked all the backstage stuff. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, if this is like the main event of Money in the Bank, Ugh. people will have reason to boo. <laughs> no, it should be pre-show at best. Um, what else happened this week? Bobby Roode is in. So the, the, as we at, by the end of the week, the 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 big matches the, on the women's side, it's Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Billy Kay, and Lana are fighting next week. Yeah, and then we have three more TBDs. Yeah, um, that could go in a lot of different directions if they're gonna. I mean, they I don't think they've been clear about losing a match officially eliminates you. Clearly, it's not. They haven't been clear, but it seems like that's the case. Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, although people keep talking about, oh, sorry, I lost. No one's and... get more than one shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a funny storyline. That's part of the storyline. Yeah. Um, and but down the men's side is a little bit more. Uh, I mean, a little bit closer to finalized. Braun yeah. Strowman, Finn Balor. By the way, congrats on to Finn for making it into the rotating Super Friends lineup of like people that tag team with Braun Strowman. So Braun, Finn, mm-hmm. The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens. One of the one of the new day, yeah, and one of either Samoa Joe or Big Cass. That's the whole lineup. Feels like it's got to be Samoa Joe. I think it's got to be Daniel Samoa Bryan. Can't, isn't not eligible for the match, so it, it looks. I, my guess is we'll get Brian Cass again and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's perfect for the ladder match. Yeah, the bit the, the new day thing is really interesting because it's it's. Uh, they they get to pick one of them to go in, and there's yeah. still this lingering the, lingering rumor that we're going to have a tag team Money in the Bank match. Mm. So that could be a total schmoz. But 
there's not any tag team matches on the card well, if yet. if you want a ladder match, though, you're going to want Kofi Kingston in there, right? I mean, you need a high flyer. Sure, but so but then maybe Xavier and Big E yeah. go to the tag team side. Yeah. It's just hard for me to imagine that for all of the, you know, kind of rebooting that we're doing, it's just, just do one case. That Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre don't have a place on the card yet, but they're still getting like primetime promo spots and right. matches on Raw. Right. Right. They got to do something with them. And winning, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, it's they they look great and they're being made to look great. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they, if we had a tag match, a, ta- a tag money in the bank match. Mm. You can have the Usos, Bludgeon Brothers, Ziggler and McIntyre, the New Day. Um, I, I guess you don't put, the tag team champions in there now. So I guess not the Bludgeon Brothers, but yeah. you have, you know, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of different teams. There's a lot of yeah. people you could put in there. And it doesn't have to be eight teams. But do we, do we have enough time to do that? Do we have enough time to just, we just put all the tag teams in and be You're no right. qualifiers? We have a bunch of other matches too. Because now we have, we talked about a little about Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn earlier. Right. This is my favorite feud of 2018. <laughs> so I did say like two weeks ago that seeing them wrestle each other just seems like, like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, well, and the question that I have is, you know, how much are we being worked? Because the reaction to that Bobby Lashley promo was so big mm -hmm. that it's either there's one of two things happen. WWE heard the criticism of it and decided to run with it. Sure they did, yeah. Or they worked us all from the beginning and made it intentionally that cheesy, which actually looking back on it, it sort of would make sense that they wanted to make it as cheesy as possible to give Sammy something to sort of ridicule because it was so cheesy. So silly. <laughs> it was so silly. And I mean, and, uh, man, and they just kept laying into I don't into think either it. of those things is 100% true. It's hard for me to imagine. Somewhere anyway. in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I also think that there's some value in just being like, whatever we do, let's just commit to it 110% and yeah. then re then react to the reaction next week. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, it was very earnest, that yeah. that oh, interview. So earnest. Um, But I like Sammy. I like, I mean, he's going to get squashed by Bobby Lashley. For sure. They should just do a gimmick where like Bobby Lashley doesn't know who he is. <laughs> Or Bobby Lashley thinks he's fighting enhancement talent every week, and it's just a series of matches. Sami Zayn every week. Um, but yeah, so but I'm but I'm excited for how they'll do that, and I think I mean Sammy, and just even in the service of making Lashley look strong is, yeah. I mean that's not a bad use for Sami Zayn right no, now. No, it's like your opening match of the evening, maybe. You know, yeah. it's like you don't need it doesn't need that much profile. It just helps get Bobby Lashley out there a little bit more. I don't know. If Sammy has if if it's a if if they have a real match. If Sammy has time to do, you know, a big spot or two in that match, then yeah. that's a win. I'm still not exactly sure. I've never really understood Bobby Lashley, to be completely honest. Like, I don't, I think we talked about this a little bit. I just don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be buying into. Like, what is, like, who, who is he? What does he do? Is he, like, well, what's, he's a, what's his character? He spent time in the military. I understand all this. <laughs> I've seen the promos. But <laughs> I'm saying, like, he comes out with a headband way too low and then just, like, holds people in the air for a long time. That's just my sort of casual observation. Yeah. But I never really liked him at Impact. I never really liked him in the WWE before. I just, I, it never made sense to me. I don't... I don't understand. He seems to me like a relic from a past time. Oh, absolutely. Even when he first debuted, he was a relic from a past time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can get out of. I mean, listen, I think the pro more more so than anybody, maybe except for Daniel Bryan, there's going to be a lot of tension in the booking with him because yeah. he's not because you because I'm sure some like Vince sees him and and he wants to book him like he booked Hulk Hogan for all yeah. those years or whatever, you yeah. know. Um, 
And I, and I, uh, but it's not like, I mean, first of all, he's, he's not, he doesn't have any limitations in the ring. I mean, no. maybe his style is a little bit off, but no, he's good. It's not like any indie promotion. It's not like, you know, PWG wouldn't find a way to like book him and get the crowd to go crazy. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. Um, I just don't get, I don't know what I'm, you know, but I feel this way about a lot of people right now. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about 90% of the people. That's true. What they um, need to do is have Zayn and Lashley feud for a while and then have Zayn start another like bromance with La like a frenemy bromance with Lashley and mm -hmm. have and have Owen start getting jealous <laughs> not because they like each other but because they're fighting too much and that's Owen's place in Sammy's life right and then eventually like Sammy and and Lashley can form a luchador tag team or something like that and it'll be fantastic um so we so that it looks like we're going to see that at money in the bank this is again yeah. just another like if that like you know, if that's a five minute match, then I guess it doesn't matter. But like, I'm I'm interested in that being like a 15 minute match before the, you know, between the ladder matches or something. That yeah. could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. Um, I agree. We're going to have, there's going to be a lot on the card. Um, Styles Nakamura stipulation to be announced. So that just happened. That was a good match. There's yeah. a lot of good wrestling this week. So it really we, is. We, we, we skimmed over the fact that Raw opened with Rollins Owens. Yeah. And a really good match. Great match. And then Owens closed the show too in a triple threat to get to win into Money in the Bank. Rollins wins the IC, retained the IC title to start off the show cleanly, but like in a match where they both looked great. Yeah. Um, that Falcon Arrow on the on the ring side was like oh, was so oof. great. Oof. Yeah. I kept rewinding that when it was because I was watching on, on DVR and I kept rewinding it. This is such a, silly, a stupid anecdote. I, I, kept, I rewound it like three times, and then when I finally pushed play, they rewent they they, oh, replayed they played it for replay. you three times. <laughs> and I was just like, "Well, that was a waste of my own time." My remote control was jamming. It was all so stupid. Um, but yeah, that that was really great. And this is like, I think that I was having a conversation. I don't know if it was on the show, but like within the past week or two, I was having a conversation about how I really hope that they WWE knew what they had with Owens and Zayn because yeah. you could see them getting lost in the shuffle on Raw a little yeah. bit. Um, and clearly that's not the case. No, Owens no. is right back to anchoring the show. Yep, where he was for so long, and Zayn is, um, just cutting solo promos in the ring, calling out Bobby Lashley. I yeah, mean, that's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think they really earned it. They earned it over on SmackDown, and so when you bring them over, it's like you know, you know what you have to do. You know, they're they're good. They're just really good, solid guys. There was right a moment now. during that Zayn promo where I thought, or I thought they were like pulling them apart where they were just going to like we'll right. separate these guys for a while and and that was probably the what they wanted you to think for the tease to you know to, to close out the show yeah um but i was just like i kind of was into that but then i was like also we can't just ignore their backstory and i they're so much better together it's yeah sort of hard i don't know it was but but uh, anyway congrats to wwe for for using those guys to yeah. uh and maybe not to the the extent of their ability, but to a lot of it. I mean, Owens is just fucking fantastic. Yeah, he is. Um, and then so that's how the 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 week the 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 Raw SmackDown continuum began with that great match and ended with Nakamura Styles. Um, one of my favorite spots in all of pro wrestling is the is pr the heel pretending he got illegally attacked. Right. <laughs> um. There's a lot of variations on it. Yeah. There was one. I, I'm trying to remember where this was. I should have looked. I, this just popped into my head. I feel like there was a match where, like, Nick Bockwinkle, great <laughs> AWA champion Nick Bockwinkle, hit somebody with a roll of quarters. Probably, yeah. Sounds it was about when right. the ref wasn't looking. And then 
there, you know, when the, the, that's a great spot because then there's quarters all over the ring if you do it right. Yeah. And then the ref came too or whatever, and he just admitted to it. But the ref was like, what? And then finally was like, well, I didn't see you do it, so just continue. <laughs> um, and it was just sort of like an F you to the fans. I'm sure I got that totally wrong, but that's that's my childhood memory. Um, Big Bachwinkle. But so, so Nakamura pulls the, he hit me in the balls, whatever, yep. but he didn't actually get hit in the balls. And then, but Nakamura won the match um, and now gets to pick the stipulation for Money in the Bank. What yeah. do you think it's going to be? Have there uh, been rumors at all? No. As long as they don't bring back that fucking bamboo cage. What is that thing called again? Oh, the Punjabi prison? <laughs> the Punjabi prison. I don't want to see anything that like fantastic. that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's money in the bank. I mean, it's strap, not gonna, I think it's safe match? to say it's not going to be a ladder match. No? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be something violent. Is it going to be something junk related? Like, right. Is it going to is it gonna be like a... Tied, tied to each other by their balls, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> the strap connects them... <laughs> <laughs> That's we can't do this. We can't do this material on the Mask Man show. But no, but yeah, I mean it could be um yeah. Like only kicks to the balls are legal in this match. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I first of all, I hate like no DQ no DQ street fights because then they just end up leaving the ring for the whole time. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like it's going to be something aggressive because they've really been building up the aggression between the two of them and it's been brutal, you know. And so, I mean, that's what we kind of want to see, right? We want to see the two of them just like beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. And then figure out who's going to come out on top. But I, I mean, don't that know. has been it has been ramping up and, uh, you know, having just like a really like strong strong style, you know, just brutal match would be yeah. a totally different look. And it's a good, I mean, these two guys can work different styles. And if you're going to keep the, the I'm just trying the to think of like what we already long. have there, you know, because you don't have a cage, so you're not going to do a steel cage situation because no. you can't have a cage above the ring with the money in the bank thing. So like, you know, what's the, I don't know. Strap, strap's a good fallback. Lumberjack match. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Loaded coal miners glove match. Well, and it's <laughs> it's Nakamura too. So like you know, where's his mind? What's he gonna? What's he used to? Like what's his comfort zone? Because you would assume he's gonna pick what he's most no comfortable. No DQ with. sort of thing. Yeah, but it can't just be no DQ. That'd be boring as hell. No, no, it'd be interesting. It was a it was an interesting sort of swerve for me. I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I like this. Yeah, winner, winner picks the stipulation. I mean, I it definitely it. felt at WrestleMania. You should do a WrestleMania rewind, but like it felt at WrestleMania for that match that like they were turning him heel, but that there might not be a lot of legs to whatever they were doing. Right. I mean, the, the heel turn was big. I mean, that sort of saved that saved the match in a lot of ways. But just I just wasn't I just didn't know how confident they were in Nakamura. And yeah. it's, and now it's clear. I mean, they're just letting him go. I mean, this is that's if this is. I knew with the promo, the I used to speak English, but now I don't speak English anymore promo. Yeah. I was like, all right, I feel like they've sort of like let him go a little bit now. Because that was what was so great about him, has always been so great about him. He's actually really funny. He's funny, but he's like brutal in the ring. And so you can have that kind of like smart ass. And like you've said before, it is... It is what he does well with the showboating and then like, you know, putting his head on your chest and like rocking his arms back. Like he's just one of those guys that is like supremely annoying, but the difference is, is he can back it up in all parts of the ring. Yeah. So it works really well. Um, all right. That's the move I think I'd, that's, I think his finisher is the one that I would never want to take because the risk of 
like really getting hit <laughs> so high. <laughs> like and it just looks from God the wrestler? Awful. From from Shinsuke, I yeah. would never want to take a Kinshasa. No. I, or I didn't know if you meant from Shinsuke or from like a, your friend who wanted no, to show you. No, I mean you. from Shinsuke. Because because if it's like because he I, look, you know, there's there are stories about how heavy he is. Sure. Like, so yeah, there'd just be one night where you're gonna catch that knee the wrong way. Oh yeah, no, that would be scary oh. as hell. I mean, I think I would probably be more scared of taking a some something that involved me like landing the right way. Right. Just because I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then if we're talking about, I mean, that's if it's a wrestler doing it. If we're yeah. talking about your friend playing around <laughs> and doing a move, the coup de gras is by far the top <laughs> move that you would never want a regular person doing to you. No. Even like a child, a little boy jumping off a bed onto your chest could kill you. You know, it would be, that would be terrible. Uh, so don't try this at home, everyone that's listening to this. Um, what Have we missed anything? Oh, we got Carmella versus Asuka at the pay-per-view too. That's gonna be good. I, this is a that's another weird moment where like it's that should either be Asuka squashing her or or people are gonna riot. Chicanery, something. Because yeah. there's no way that Asuka loses clean to Carmella. Sorry. Maybe an Ellsworth run in. I don't know. Yeah, or Asuka wins. I mean, who knows? Everything's every anything's possible in a in a time this kind of confusing. Yeah. Um all right, man. I think that's it. I that's think we it? got through everything. Oh man, appreciate you doing this. Yeah, of course, brother. This has been this was a fun week, a fun like low key week of wrestling. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Dave Schilling. Excuse me, the man out the myth out covering the basketball, covering that game, the glorious game, the game I play every day until my leg almost fell off. Uh, and birthday, right? Oh, it's Andrew Goldstein's and, birthday. Yeah, Andrew Goldstein's birthday. Shout out to Andrew Goldstein. Dude, thank you uh, thank you for being a wrestling friend, a wrestle buddy, if you will. And for I mean, he's been on this podcast before, right, Jim? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh they don't get along very well. But the but but he's he Andrew's just a fantastic dude. Hate him. And former WWE employee. That's right. Creative. He survived that. Creative. He can survive anything. Now he's now he's working for an even worse boss than Vince McMahon. And that his name is Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> That son of a bitch. Shout out um, to Rosenberg. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Thank Let's you for having me. Let's do this again next week. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. Well, that was a waste of my own time. <laughs> Peter Rosenberg, that son of a bitch.